Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Good morning, everybody. Glad you're here. Um, if you would, take your Bibles and go to the book of Romans chapter 4. A couple of weeks ago, when we, uh, we started this little, maybe two to three part series called Strut Your Stuff. And we're talking about in the book of Romans specifically, where Paul mentions the word walk four different times. As I said before, it's, it's really five, but four really stand out and are significant. The, the, where, it, where it mentions it, uh, it five times, it's twice in one chapter. Uh, these, these verses are close enough together that it really is talking about the same thing. So really four mentions of uh, the walk, our walk. And what, what that means, and we've been looking at these steps in our walk with God that help us understand how empowered we've been by Him and by His Spirit and gifted with things that help us experience the God kind of life. Experience this Christian life in victory. Experience His blessings at their optimum. Amen. So, what we need to understand is Romans chapter 4 and verse 12, we talked about this first step being, let's read Romans 4, 12, just give you a little bit of review since it's been a couple of weeks and then we'll get into some newer things today. You glad you came to church today? And the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of the faith, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. Now we learn from this chapter in particular Paul teaches us some extraordinary things, and there are lots and lots of verses that, that he wrote that you can see this overarching, this overemphasizing, if you will, of this truth that faith without works is righteousness. Now, James taught us faith without works is what? Dead. And that's probably the one you heard only growing up. You know, you're, if you have any kind of church experience, you probably only heard faith without works is dead. Right? But Paul teaches us faith without works is righteousness. And this has to do with our justification, how one is made right with God. And so he takes us to this man named Abraham and connects us to him, both Jew and Gentile, or uncircumcised and circumcised, and he is the father of us all. But my family, our justification is a bit different. No doubt Christ is the center of the gospel, right? Everybody must believe on him. But for the Jew, it is different. Faith without works is dead. But for you, Gentile, faith without works is righteousness. So we understand from the, this first walk that we walk in the steps of our father Abraham. That is, we walk by faith. Abraham was made righteous by faith. And you are made righteous by faith. That's good to know, isn't it? Yes, it is. Thank you, ma'am, wherever you are. What? <laughs> This is how we walk by faith. The more you hear the word of God, and you're here to hear the word of God today, aren't you? No doubt you're here to worship him and to give him glory and to, to give of your time, your service, your resources, but you're here to hear the word too because the word is alive and it's powerful and it has strength and power for every dimension of our humanity, spirit, soul, and body. So when you hear the Word of God and you believe and speak the Word of God, that, that's the main 
action, the primary action of walking by faith is to believe the word and speak the word. Amen. To believe the word. And the more convinced you'll become of its power and its reality in your life when you see what, so then what you see with your natural eyes no longer determines or governs how you walk. Because by faith you have found a new way to see and a new way to walk. Romans 6, 4 was the next step that we found, and we talked about this. Uh, verse 4 says, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. This is very interesting how this newness, the second step is to walk in newness, is connected to water baptism. And if you haven't been water baptized, I want to encourage you to do that as soon as possible. If you want to be water baptized, come see me after the service and we will get you dunked. All right? Free. It's one of my favorite things to do as a pastor, shoving people underwater, you know, watching, watching that sit away. I do believe it's more than just a, an, an outward expression or an outward symbol of an inward work, I believe it is a burial, that this is where we put away the old things. Now, this is not how you're saved. You're saved by grace through faith, period. You're going to heaven because you believe on Jesus. But it does empower you and give you the ability to walk in newness here on the earth. It makes a statement to you. It makes a statement to the world. It makes a statement to the spirit world that you are identifying yourself with Christ's death burial, and resurrection. This is beautiful, isn't it? Now, the burial of the old means that your potential for new things is unhindered by the past. It's a walk. How do you walk in newness? How do you walk in newness? Well, you hang around new things. The Word of God is living. It's new all the time, isn't it? The Bible speaks about our outward man perishing, it's, though it's perishing, but our inner man is being renewed day by day, right? So you tap into the new things, the Word of God. Get around people who are, who are looking uh, to live in newness of life, like where you are right here, right here today. Look around you. Look at all this newness. Amen. New things. New thoughts. You can, you can get new thoughts in your head today and change the way you think. As a matter of fact, it's kind of a requirement <laughs> for us as believers to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. I learned a long time ago, you can cast the devil out, but you can't cast your mind out. <laughs> you have to, you got to control it. All right, but you can. As a matter of fact, not only you can, it is your responsibility to do so. Whatever is true, Paul says, whatever is lovely, whatever is a good report, think on these things. Set your mind on those things. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Praying is also a way to stay in newness because it keeps you to a, connected to a God who says, behold, I do a new thing. Right? All, this God who never changes is always doing new things. The ancient of days. His mercies are brand new. Amen. I love that. I mean, I'd take refurbished mercies from him, but he, he decided to give me brand new ones. Amen. It's also interesting in this text that we just read that Christ, it says Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Now, 
This stuff that we have, my family, that we are to strut is glorious. It is glorious. And it is designed to cause us not to see our lack, but to see our provision. That's what this glory, the, the, the word glory means weighty, weightiness or heaviness. It also means splendor and brightness or glowing. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? So it, it is, you know, when Adam and Eve hid from God, they sinned, they hid from God, right? First of all, how many of you know that was dumb? He going to hide from God. He calls out to him, Adam, where are you? Adam comes out from behind the bushes. I was afraid. I hid because we were what? He said, because we were naked. Interesting. Because we were naked. Huh. Well, how long have they been naked? How come they're just not realizing it? Hmm? Well, it's believed that before that happened, that these two were clothed in glory so that they couldn't see their nakedness because they hadn't sinned. And so this glory, this heaviness, this splendor is emanating from their pure hearts. But they ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I don't believe that God even told them they were naked. I, I, I think I can prove that just by what happens here because they, Adam said, I was afraid because we were naked. And God says, who told you you were naked? Well, if he had told them that, they would have said, well, you did, duh. Right? Apparently, God had never even mentioned it to them because it wasn't an issue. Isn't that something? I find it interesting today, and I'm not going to get on a, too much of a political soapbox here. I'm just going to talk about our society. Why are we complaining about things that aren't even problems? Why are we making issues out of things that aren't issues? We're creating little wars everywhere, things that aren't even a problem. I say, go to another country and see how bad it really is. <laughs> huh? Then maybe you come back here and go, oh my God, we've got a great country. Right? They're making something an issue that wasn't an issue. This is the problem with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Man instinctively looks at the lack and not the provision. We were naked. That's, an, that's a problem now? Because the glory was no longer there. But this says we get our glory back. Christ was raised by the glory of God. Amen. It comes back to us where we see each other differently now, my family. Huh? We don't look at each other like the world looks at us. Paul, this is why Paul said, I don't refer no longer because of Christ in us. I no longer refer to people as it by the flesh. See, this is not a male or female thing. This is not a black, white, brown, green, purple, red thing. This is not a political thing. It's not a Republican, Democrat thing. We are all children of God. And we love one another through that lens, the lens of love, we do not look at the lack. 
we look at what has been provided for us. What has been given to us and we strut our stuff. Hmm? We walk by faith. We walk in newness. Romans chapter 8. Let's turn there for a moment. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. There is, therefore, when? Now. now. When? Now. now. No condemnation. I want you, you need to hear this today, my friend. There might be somebody real specifically that needs to hear this today. There is, therefore, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And then... It says, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, we know, as I've taught you, this part, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, was actually added by the translators. It's not in the original manuscript. Uh, There are several versions of the Bible that you can go and see that it only says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That should be the only thing said here. Because later on, this gets repeated. This this statement actually falls in line. Let's let's look at verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me, what? Free Free from the law of sin and death. Verse 3, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, he condemned sin in the flesh. He condemned, not you, he condemned sin in the flesh. Right? Verse 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There it is in its right place. That's, this is where I said it's mentioned twice, this walk. But really, it's, it's once in the original manuscript. Okay? That the righteous requirement of the law might be filled in us. Who do not walk according to the flesh. How do we walk? So this third step is that we walk in or by the Spirit. You know, God has given every one of us, everyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, the opportunity to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Two of you are excited about that. To be baptized in the Holy Spirit, which means you speak in other tongues. That's the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's given us the gift of speaking in tongues so that we can better be led by and better walk by the Holy Spirit. It's like... um, Anybody here ever been snorkeling? Or you ever been, uh, ever scuba dived? I know, uh, yeah, Bill has. Thanks to the military, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> Carl uh, is doing that now. Carl Van Wyen, and we have a few other people that are, have been doing these dives out in like Cancun and stuff. Good for them. <laughs> but they're seeing the ocean in a whole different way. Because they are submerged. Right? They're going to see it a whole lot different than somebody that's playing on the beach. Right? Somebody that's in a boat on top of the water. Whole different. See, when you get baptized or immersed in the Holy Spirit, you see things in a whole different way. You see the Word in a different way. It's interesting. Every writer of the New Testament spoke in tongues. Every one of them. And so we need all the help that we can get. So when we're going to walk by the Spirit, let me tell you something. This this very simple principle comes up to the forefront. Your tongue is leading your life. Right? 
death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. If you love death, you're going to eat it. Right? You're going to, because you're going to be talking about it. And guess what? That's the fruit you get. If you love life, I think that's pretty much everybody in here, right? Right? Then you'll have that. So God has given us this gift so that we can sound weird. No, that's not why he gave us this gift. He gave us this gift so that the Spirit of God has help for us and gives us words that we can't utter in our own language. <laughs> this is beautiful. But he just said, let me borrow that vocal, vocal cords. Let me borrow that tongue, and I'll help lead your life in the right way. I'll put the right words in your mouth so that you can go in the right direction. You know, I've never known anybody that prayed in tongues every day that, that, that fell into some kind of sin and stayed there. I didn't say they didn't sin. I'm just saying they didn't make, there was no lifestyle of it. Because you really can't do both things. Praying in the Spirit activates your walk in the Spirit. If we walk in the Spirit, guess what happens? We will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I want to encourage you in your prayer language. If you speak in tongues, do it. Do it more. I was convicted about it again as I was studying this message. I realized just how much more I... I don't think anybody here, and I've asked this through the years, how many of you think that you speak in tongues way too much? Not one person ever thinks they do. How many of you think you could pray more in the Holy Spirit? All of us do, right? Right? So, so let's do it more. Hey, there's a novel idea. Let's not just think we should. Let's do it. Days will go better. Life will get better. Because he is our very present help in time of need. And when he prays, Romans says that when the Holy Spirit is interceding for you and through you, we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. I thank God for the Spirit. We walk by the Spirit. We walk by the Spirit. It's interesting that you drive out to, through West Texas, you see these big oil tanks out there, there's reserves of oil big vats out there. What's interesting to me is sometimes you'll see a rusty one out there. You think, if they just take what's in that thing and put it on the outside, <laughs> the very thing that can keep it from rusting is in it. Come on, Christian. Huh? Rusty, crusty Christian. <laughs> Get the activity of the Holy Spirit working in your life. Huh? Amen. You're trying to carry around a full cup of coffee? Did that this morning. Guess what? I didn't get all of it in my mouth because I was sloshing it around. Just start taking a step in the Spirit. Huh? Let that, let that oil of the Spirit start helping you. Get rid of the rust and the crust, the dust, the lust. Well, it got quiet all of a sudden. Now, speaking of that, let's go to Romans 13. Let's go ahead and just take this one all the way. Romans chapter 13, verse 13. Let us walk properly, or actually this literally means honestly. Let us walk honestly as in the day. What day is it talking about? 
What it means is stay in the light. <laughs> stay in the light. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Not in revelry, which is like wild partying. Drunkenness, everybody knows what drunkenness is. Hopefully not by experience, but just by definition. <laughs> not in lewdness, which is uh, uh, sexual perversion. And lust, which is another sexual appetite. Both of these, in context in the Greek, have to do with sexual sins because the Greek culture, well, just read up on it sometime. <laughs> not in, but look at this, not in strife and envy. It's interesting to me that the church, boy, we got problem with lewdness and lust and drug. We talk about all that stuff, but strife and envy, we just let it happen. It makes the same list. Right? Envy, envy is where it, it, you don't look so much like Jesus, right, in envy, but you look like the devil with strife. Hmm? It should not be. These things should not be. This says, let us walk how? Honestly, let us walk properly and put on, but put on, put on, verse 14, the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. You lie to yourself and don't walk honestly if you think that you can do two things at once and be good at both. I don't care who you think you are. You cannot text and drive well at the same time. I'm a multitasker. No, you're not. I'm going down 75 to South Dallas on a regular basis, and I feel like I'm playing ping pong. I mean, I feel like I'm dodging bullets all the time because a car just drift right over. I, I, it's crazy how often this happens. And sure enough, I get up beside them and they got the phone up like this, going 75 miles an hour. I'm like, good God, keep them safe. You know, keep us all safe. I mean, come on, have we all not, I mean, have y'all all not had this issue? <laughs> right? You can't do two things at once and be good at both. You lie to yourself if you think that you can have a regular diet of pornography and the Bible. I just got to preaching real good there for a second. You can't do that. You're headed for a crash landing. Huh? So, so we got to walk honestly. That is to be truly healed, to strut the stuff that we have. Faith in God. Love for one another. Hmm? Walking by the Spirit, walking in newness, and living open and honestly. And walk, walking this way is, is very unfamiliar territory to the instinct of the flesh. Yeah. I'll finish with this story. There was a young man that came up to me one day. I was teaching down at Christ for the Nations and after class, I was in the cafeteria having lunch with a student. This other student approaches me and he says, Pastor Eric, I, um, I'm asking you, I just need to get some advice. Um, I'm about to, I have this many thousands of dollars that I owe on my school bill. And uh, I lost my job. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I said, well, what, do you have any money? 
And he said, yeah, he had you know, like 200 bucks or something, not even close to what he owed. I said, uh, give that money away. And I, I'm telling you, when I said it, I had a knot come up in my throat like, what, what are you telling this kid? My, my physical instinct fought it. But my spirit was charged up about it. I said, give that money away. I said, you want God to help you here? Invite him to help you. Give that money away, what you have. And he looks at me like, are you serious? And, and of course, I'm thinking like, yeah, I know this is stupid. Don't listen to what I'm saying to you right now. <laughs> and he, he said, okay. And I, and I said, let me pray for you. So I prayed for him and he left. Uh, maybe about a month later or so, I can't remember. He comes in that cafeteria. He finds me in the cafeteria. Again. You're not going to believe this. He said, Pastor, I did exactly what you told me. I gave that $200 away. He said, check this out. That, the next day after I did that, I got a job. And this job is going to bring enough supply for me to pay for all of my schooling and have money left over. So he was able to finish out. This has been a couple of years, maybe three years ago this happened. This, this guy was able to go all the way through his, his three years of school at Christ for the Nations and leave there debt-free. See, when you're, when you're following the Spirit of God, you got to believe him. You have to believe him. Take him at his word. You have to believe him and, and, and be convinced that the way of the kingdom is backwards to this world. It, it's actually the right thing. The world's actually upside down, not the kingdom. Right? But it, it, doesn't, it doesn't follow the, the, the rules of the world. The world says if you want more, you got to get more. The Bible says if you want to get more, you got to give more. <laughs> right? So be convinced that the way of the Spirit is the way of life. It's the way of peace. It's the way of provision. It's the way of blessing. This walk that we have is a walk that must be seen to, in this world because the Bible says when they see your good works, the world, they see your good works, they'll glorify your Father in heaven. Father, thank you. Help us, Lord, to be a people who are determined to walk by your word to walk by faith, to walk in the Spirit, to walk in newness of life, and to walk honestly, Father. Thank you, Father, for these lights that are in this room. And I pray, God, that their lights would so shine before men, so shine wherever they go, that the world may bring glory to you, Father God. They may look at their lives and say, look what God has done. God had to be involved there. Look what the Lord has done. We thank you, Father God, for these things that you have given us. You've dealt to every one of us the measure of faith. You've caused us to rise in newness of life in the waters of baptism because Christ was buried and he rose again the third day. You give us this newness of life. Thank you for that. You give us the spirit of the living God who is, our, who is indwelling in us, lives in us, abides in us. Hallelujah guides us into all truth, teaches us all things, shows us things to come, reveals to us what has been freely given to us by God. We thank you for that. And we thank you, Lord, for the potential that we have to be as bright a light as we can be by walking honestly before this world.
to one another with pure hearts, bathed in love. Thank you, Father God. Whatever needs are here today, Father, I thank you. You know what they have need of before they even ask. But you said if we will ask, make sure that when we ask, we believe that we receive what we have so that we may have it. So I thank you for meeting needs here today. Healing, providing, restoring, increasing, blessing more and more in Jesus' name. We love you. And we give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now may the Lord bless you and may he keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and all of your house and give you peace in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.